0: Welcome everyone to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg shoots This is episode 10 of the 2023 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And it's hard to believe that September has already come to an end. We're already through a month of the college football season. You know, we were getting excited for so many months leading up to the college football season and we're already one month down. Into October, which means we've got a lot of conference play, so we know that we're going to have a lot of big, meaningful games, and you want to see who rises to the top, who are the guys that we really should be keeping an eye on down the stretch, and we'll get into a lot of those conversations. Now, I know that we just finished week five of the college football season. I'm working through those games right now, trying to get everything finished up. Still have a lot of ground to cover there. we be bringing another podcast to you here uh, in, within the next week. But this is all about week four of the college football season. Saw some definite eye-popping performances from a lot of different players, some teams that also were surprising as well. So let's just jump right into things and start talking about Oh, I don't know. How about Ohio State, Wisconsin? And the Buckeyes, I'll tell you, they're primed and ready for the college football playoff. Jackson Smith and Jigba still battling that hamstring injury. And, you know, it's one of those things. Look, he he played against Toledo, still felt that hamstring a bit. So he sat out against the Badgers. And I'll tell you what, um, Ohio State made it look easy. When you look at C.J. Stroud, this is a guy who doesn't always seem to want to drive the ball, you know, on, the, on those, especially the intermediate routes. Has really nice touch down the football field, um, but I'll tell you what, this was a guy who was making all the right throws on week four. Entered the game, 73% completion percentage. Over, uh, I'd say about 313 passing yards per game, 11 touchdowns, didn't throw a pick. Ended up finishing the day 17-27 to 27 for 281 yards with five touchdowns with just one interception. And I'll tell you what, when you watch his ability to survey the field, understand what the defense is doing, watches the corner sink to the inside. Receiver had room to work along the outside, puts the ball to the outside where only his receiver could get to the football. Uh, Cade Stover, the tight end, we'll talk about him here in a minute, um, but runs a, a crossing route deep, puts the ball between the linebackers in front of the safety on a line, puts it right there, hits the tight end, um, hits Emekek Buka on a 20-yard uh Deep over route, um, linebacker looking for the crosser underneath, able to throw behind that linebacker to the receiver across the field, hits him in stride for a 34-yard game. Um, you know There was a really nice play where he rolled out. He sold the run. He kind of tucked the ball, looked like he was going to run it. Linebackers came up on a play action, hits Cade Stover for a second touchdown, two-yard pass there. So even just the subtleties didn't need to necessarily – Tucked that football to still make the throw, but look, that just exaggerated things a little bit, brought the linebackers to him, able to throw the ball right over the top. Corner route to Marvin Harrison Jr. Thrown late behind the receiver, needed to have the ball out sooner, definitely wasn't driven on a line. The safety over the top was able to ultimately pick that football off. That's one of the things that I'm saying with C.J. Stroud is it's just that the consistency isn't there. Throw in, throw out. But you will see him drive the football on occasion and that's where you're like you know what he has it in him there was a deep out to uh julian fleming just as he was coming out of his break so you see the timing the accuracy and then the ball placement as well put it on him before going out of bounds um you know when he goes throw the football at times he'll sail the football a little bit i think he overstrides at times and so you know there was a play where he he, uh hung his receiver out to dry but look cj stroud the more you watch him the more you're like okay this kid is he's getting it and he's seeing the entire field he's reading the defenses he's understanding where to go with the football understanding you know, not only the anticipation, but where to put the football, to throw his receiver open and make sure he's the only guy that can get to the football. To me, C.J. Stroud is making enormous strides this season, and and that's why I think the Buckeyes is not only your favorite to win the the, the the Big Ten, but after you've seen some struggles from Alabama and, and Georgia, he may be quarterbacking the top team in the country when it's all said and done. Uh, you know, The Buckeyes really are on a roll, and you have to point to number seven, who I, I think is rising to the top of all the Heisman talk right now, but he wasn't the only guy that was playing well in that game. Uh, you know, Mayim Williams, the running back, you know, 11 carries, over 100 yards, couple of touchdowns. Look, he's the backup to Travion Henderson, and we all love Travion Henderson. Also went over 100, uh, 120 yards on that day. Um, but Mayan Williams is draft eligible. He's 5'9", 225 pounds. You see him shoot through the hole. The toughness running through the linebacker's tackle, gets through another defensive back tackle as well. So you see the contact balance, the ability to break those tackles, bounces it to the second level, took on a safety, grabbed his leg, dragged him a little bit before going down as well. You saw DeWan Jones block down, opened the lane, allows him to bounce it to the outside. So he's showing some of that shiftiness for a guy his size. You know about the physicality, but he's able to get downhill as well. So he was one of the weapons that I was really enjoying watching Obviously, with Marvin Harrison, we'll get to see more of him for another year as well, uh, along with Travion Henderson. So the, you know, th- this team is going to be in good hands, especially at the skill position. Um, you know, when we talk about the top offensive tackle, I think Peter Skaronsky right now is still the the most technically sound of the tackles Um, and I actually put Paris Johnson a little bit ahead of uh, Jalen Duncan I was thinking watching Jalen Duncan we'll talk about how he did against Michigan have some reservations about him now Uh, when you watch Paris Johnson there was a stunt very patient waiting for Keanu Benton coming around gets his hands on him drives him up the field away from the pocket really good feet on the outside zone run as well driving his man down the line and to the outside opening up a huge hole Good feet in his kick slide. Short, choppy steps. Patient with his hands, as I mentioned earlier. Shows off the athleticism, pulling around as well. Um, He likes some of the lateral agility as well. You know, He he slides to his right on an inside move. Passes the defensive end off to to the the left guard. The kick's back outside. Pick up the linebacker coming around. Able to get his hands under that edge rusher. Ride him away from the pocket. I thought it was a really nice game there for Paris Johnson. Look, he's 6'6". 310 pounds the junior we weren't sure exactly. I didn't put him as high in my initial rankings because this was a guard really should be playing tackle but when you have Nicholas Petit Ferrer and you've got the mammoth DeWan Jones you know left and right tackle then you also have Thayer Mumford into the mix is he a tackle is he a guard ultimately when you're looking at Paris Johnson the only open spot up front was going to be at guard so it only made sense for him to do that. Now they've got him at tackle and he's really flourishing there at the position. I think Paris Paris Johnson stock is definitely on the rise. I mentioned DeWan Jones. He's lost about 20 pounds or so and big number 79 on the right side, moving a lot better. He's pretty agile for a guy his size, getting to the second level, got to the linebacker on the outside run by, by Travion Henderson to the perimeter, power to take the defensive end, drive his man down, really caving in the whole right-hand side. Um, nice kickout block on the linebacker, opening up a huge hole for, for Mayan Williams as well that I mentioned earlier. Lots of movement blocking down on fourth down plays as well. Um, I, I think Dewan Jones is your prototypical right tackle. He's the guy that you have to be talking about um, you know, late day two, early day three, but a guy that I think has a chance to start at the next level. Matthew Jones playing right next to him, 6'3". 315 pounds. Jones and Jones on the right side. This is a guy who's climbing to the second level, sealing off the linebacker, opening a hole there for Mayan Williams on a 25-yard run. There was, you know, they, they slanted slant it to the right, gets his hands under the pad level, keeps those legs moving, driving his man away from the running back in the hole. Uh, you know, look, Matthew Jones. You know, when you look at the guard position, I think there are a lot of really good interior linemen. But Matthew Jones, if he continues to play the way that he has been, he'll be one of those guys that we're talking about. You know, in that late day two, early day three conversation, Paris Johnson, though, is a first rounder. I I don't think there's any question about that. And then when we talk about C.J. Stroud, you know, I I think you have to talk about him in the top three picks of the draft. when You're talking about quarterbacks. I know some people say, um, you know, he's number three behind Bryce Young and and Will Levis. Some people say that uh, he's he's number two behind either Levis or, or Young. I think right now the the whole body of work, the feel for the offense, just the, the poise, everything that C.J. Stroud is doing is adding to that overall body of work and that, that draft picture for him. Um, you just want to see the consistency. Can he drive the football? Yes. There are people that are out there that are saying that he absolutely can't do it. I've seen it. I, I, you know, I've seen it this year. I, I know that he can do it. You watch his tape from last year. You watch some of the tape this year. Not always driving that football. I know he can do it. And that's why I still have him slated in my top uh, in my top five. Uh, definitely, I, I think there's a good chance top three. And then defensively, I'll tell you what, the linebacker, Tommy Eichenberg, there in the middle, he was the one that really impressed me the most. Number 35, 6'2", 239 pounds. He's a redshirt junior at 14 tackles, a couple of tackles for loss. Really good pursuit of the running back on a stretch play. Strung him out to the perimeter for no gain. Red Isaac Arendo um, on a run play. Scrapes over the top. Was waiting for the running back to bounce it out to him. Wraps him up for a five-yard loss. Then they had a swing pass to the running back out of the backfield. Able to get outside. Trip up the running back for only a four-yard game before he could really get going. Could have been a big play. Eichenberg showing the ability to play both downhill and side-to-side. So I think that's definitely helping his draft stock. When you talk about Wisconsin, obviously there's some some shakiness there in Badger Country. Um, Madison has to be all up in arms. Paul Christ has been fired. Um, week four he was still there. You know, it, it wasn't until after Wisconsin lost to Illinois in week five that that Paul Christ was fired. But look, I think the handwriting started to be on the wall. You look at Graham Mertz, 11 and 20, 94 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Look, Mertz is still, he's only a retro junior. They don't have the weapons for him um, at the receiver position. But look, you know, receiver runs an out route, throws the ball behind him right at the safety. Tanner McAllister, the transfer from Oklahoma State. Um, you know, overthrowing guys, he was able to sling it on the run. Um, heading, heading to his left, you know, gets it to his receiver on the outside. But he was sailing a lot of passes. I think the mechanics aren't necessarily there. Anytime he was getting pressured, wasn't able to put enough velocity on the football. Graham Mertz, I know we talked about him. Really, I think one of the things that you talk about with Paul Christ, not only does he not have the weapons, but his quarterback, I think, if anything, there's been a regression more than anything else with Mertz. It behoove him to either come back to to Wisconsin, depending on that the, the head coaching situation, Or he may be better off leaving and going somewhere else where he can have a chance to develop in his senior season. Braylon Allen's only a sophomore, but the kid's a stud. Look, 23 carries, 165 yards, and a touchdown. Big kid, 6'2", 235, but a long strider, um, 4.6 yards after contact. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous to see a guy move that well. He'll be in that conversation with Travion Henderson as one of the top backs in next year's draft. And then on the offensive line, Joe Tipman, the center, 6'6", 317, Richard Jr. Right now, to me, he looks like the only uh, draft-worthy lineman that the Badgers have right now. Um, What you really liked is is his ability to pick up the blitzer. Jack Sawyer um, anchors, does a really good job with his leverage at the point of attack. Um, Jack Sawyer also tried to play the run to the inside, able to get his hands on him, seal him at the point of attack to allow a running lane there for Braylon Allen. Um, Agile to pull out in front of of Allen as well, followed that block, picked up some, some big yards there. So you know, Joe Tippman's one of those centers. You know, he's an underclassman. He could decide to uh, to come back for another season. Um, you know, and I think if he's if he's not, you know, right now he's not in the conversation as a a, a, a um, day two pick. So I think it behoove him to come back for another season. Again, depending on what happens with that head coaching position. But uh, you know, to me, I, I think with Tipman, um he comes back. He can anchor that deep that that. Line and really uh, shoot for that at day two consideration. Staying in the Big Ten, I, I think Michigan. Look, 34-27. You know, it was a it was a, a surprisingly close game there against Maryland. Uh, the Terrapins really played them tough, but uh, this was a game where Blake Corum really broke out. The 5'8", 212-pound junior. If you haven't seen number two, man, I mean, he's an absolute treat to watch. 30 carries, 243 yards, a couple of touchdowns. This dude is thick. He's a big dude. I mean, 212. He added 12 pounds of muscle, and he's just he's, hes hes not the biggest guy, but man, he runs with power, runs with speed. Um, you know, the, the speed to get to the corner just picks up yards in an instant. 10 yards, no problem. Feet to the corner, hits the hole in a hurry. Then the shiftiness to cut back to the inside. Power to run through DBs, trying to rip at the ball. Ends up picking up 25 yards. Uh, Quick cutbacks, that's one of the things that you saw. Cuts inside the tight end block, pulling through. Patient, uh, accelerates a quick acceleration to the next level. Runs through another tackle. Physical finish, 23-yard gain on that run. Elusive in space, Uh, fourth and one at the Maryland 33-yard line. 35 seconds to go in the half. Defense crowding the line of scrimmage. Makes this awesome lateral cut to the outside off the edge. Cuts it back inside off of the wide receiver, Ronnie Bell's block on the safety. Gets downhill speed and he's gone. 132 yards in the first half. Um, most for for the Wolverines since 2018. Runs so hard between the tackles. That's one of the things that you love. The burst, the power, tremendous weight work. Um, in the weight room as well, put that, that 12 pounds of muscle, you see it in his legs, you see it in this guy's arms as well. Fifth career, 100 yard gain, had a 47 yard touchdown with, with 340 to play press the line of scrimmage, foot in the ground, bounces it to the outside speed to run out outrun the defense, really put the game out of reach um, you know, it was 34-19 at the time wound up, 34-27 was the final um, Blake Corum to me, kid's a stud um, I've got him in my in my top three now at that running back spot. You put him right behind, uh, you know, Bijan Robinson and, and Jameer Gibbs, and, and I think it's definitely worth uh, worth that spot. You know, again, not the biggest kid, but man, I'm taking him in, in, in the second round, and uh, I've got a guy that I think can catch the football out of the backfield a little bit. Man, he's he's a guy. He's a bowling ball coming downhill, and good luck trying to stop him. Now look. I'd be remiss if I didn't speak about his offensive line. Now, look, Zach Zinter, I'm a huge fan of his. 6'6", 320 pounds. Talking about interior line play, this is a kid who I think is a top 10 guard in this draft. If he decides to come out, he's an underclassman. He pulled around, sealed off the linebacker, opening up a hole for, for quorum. Um... Ultimately getting it to the second level. Really good knee bend and pass protection. Keeps that pad level low. You see some short, choppy steps out of him in pass protection. I think the mirror drill he'd do very well in. Um, Ryan Hayes is a guy that I think is showing up much better than I expected. I thought he was going to have to kick inside the guard. I still don't think he's a left tackle. I think he'll probably move over to the right side at the next level. 6'7", 305, long wingspan. He still loses the edge at times slow to recover. When, when he does get to that point, the recovery speed isn't necessarily there. What you do like is the quick feet in those, those short areas, slides inside, easily picks up the inside rush by the stand-up rush end. You see the base of pass protection sits down, extends, locks out those long arms, control control that defensive end laterally at that point, really mirroring his man. Then how about Ola Sagan, Ola Watimi, uh, the, the Virginia transfer, 6'3", 307, Remington finalist last year, He's all about leverage, man, and then that leg drive. Keeps those feet working, um, you know, the hands under that defensive tackle's pad level, turns him, and then generates that leg drive to take him down the field. Really love to see that. Defensively, for me, it's all about Mozzie Smith, that nose tackle, 6'3", 337 pounds, had eight tackles. You want to talk about an active nose tackle, one tackle for loss in the game as well. Quip swipe on that center, you when know, you talk about the center play, had that swipe on him and then he's up the field in a hurry to drop the running back behind the line of scrimmage before uh, you know Roman Hendy could really get going. Um, keeps one arm free, able to drop the running back for no gain, very stout against the run, hands into the chest of the left guard, very powerful punch, I will say that. Then there's a slap and an arm over, very good hand uses, gets off the block, meets the running back in the hole and then it's all over. Mozzie Smith, to me, is a kid that's moving up draft boards. Stock way up for Mozzie Smith. Big number 58. Now, Maryland. Maryland had a decent game overall. When I watched Jalen Duncan, 6'6", 315 pounds. I mentioned him earlier. You know, one of the things that you like, you know, the athleticism. He was climbing to the second level. You saw him with, his, with leverage on Mike Morris. That was one of the guys that I thought he really handled pretty well. Neutralizing him. Uh... Um, Kept that pad level low, hands inside, active hands. Um, he sits down, keeps that back straight. You love the lateral quickness, very light on his feet, able to anchor against the bull rush as well. Keeps an exceptional angle, making it difficult for the defensive end to move moving back. Quick, short, choppy steps with his kick slide. Very patient with his hands. Engages Morris, stones him again. Um, you know, so I thought that was something that you definitely saw. Um, Look, you know, he he was quick out of his stance. He beat Jalen Harrell, their 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 edge rusher to the edge, engulfs him and eliminates his rush on another play, pushes Taylor shot up, up the field, continued to come around. Duncan kept moving with him, got between kept him between you know the, the defensive end and his quarterback. You know, I have leverage, 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 knee bend, keeping that back flat. Um, but here's the thing. Once Mike Morris started lining up in, in that wide nine technique, he was beating him out of his stance, getting to the edge. Duncan opening up a little early, and at that point, he was just trying to shove the defensive end under the armpit as he was running by. And, and the quarterback, you know, Talia uh, Tagovailoa was getting hit. You know, he, he actually left the game on a hit by Morris um, later. on, again, you know, he was beaten by Iyabi Anoma. Wide nine speed rush. Barely able to even get a hand on him, and the quarterback was nearly dropped for a sack. But when he gets that defensive end squared up, the hands inside, and the you know the the kick slide, very clean. Um, you know that's one of the things that I think you definitely see with him. It's just man, those speed rush also seems a little susceptible to the inside counter move as well that was something that seemed to come up time and time again as well uh, but jalen duncan to me is still a top three tackle we just have to figure out that that wide nine how can he really shut that piece down uh jacorian bennett you know i, I think you've got a, a top 10 corner on this team as well 5 195 pounds strive for stride with the speedy roman will uh wilson down the sideline look and lean into the receiver closes that distance. Some hand fighting, but because he looked for the football, no uh, defensive pass interference was called. Press coverage gets his hands on the receiver early, able to then turn and run, stride for stride. And look, Maryland also has a, a redshirt junior on the other side, Deontay Banks, 6'2, 205. Roman Wilson, gosh, you know, another great play on Roman Wilson. The makeup speed that you saw with Banks was exceptional, closed the gap right on the hip of the receiver. There was a poorly thrown ball. Um, Tried to open up on that undersi- underthrown ball, just unable to pick it off, but uh, you know, made a nice play there uh, to at least deflect the football. Um, you wanted to see more really in that passing game. You know, Tagovailoa, 20 of 30, 207 yards, a touchdown, a couple of interceptions. Um, you know, accuracy was an issue. He was under duress for a lot of the game as well. Um, ultimately, we didn't get to see a whole lot of Rakeem Jarrett, just four catches for 12 yards. Dante Dimas, two catches for 12 yards. Uh, you know, Jarrett, foot, 190 pounds. You saw the hands on the slant route. Demas is your bigger target, obviously, at 6'3", 213 pounds. This just wasn't a game to really uh, be able to evaluate uh, them as pass catchers. But uh, I think the, the, the guy of the day, you know, the dude of the day was definitely Blake Corum in that game, that's for sure. Okay, the big quarterback matchup pitted Hendon Hooker and the Tennessee Balls number 11th in, 11 in the country against Anthony Richardson and the Florida Gators in Knoxville, uh, the 20th-ranked Gators, and Tennessee ends up winning the game 38-33. Hendon Hooker, man, this guy looks like the, the third or fourth quarterback uh, in, in this draft. I, I think ultimately uh, when you think about value, you look at him as an early day two quarterback. You might be taking him you know, and, and passing on Will Levis in round one to take Head and Hooker in, in round two. Uh, Hooker was very efficient in this game: 22 of 28, 349 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. Also, 13 carries for 112 yards and a touchdown. Look, I know that he's running Josh Heupel's offense, but he's running it to perfection. The com- the comfort level there is absolutely um, it's absolutely evident. You know, he hits Jalen Hyatt on a crossing route as he's running across the field delivers that strike, hits him in stride, allows him to cut up the field for an 18-yard play. Next play, it's a first and 10, obviously. Um, Receiver runs the dig route. Ball's coming out as the receiver's coming out of the break. Comes across the field. You saw the deep ball was on point. Um, Even without Cedric Tillman, he was still able to distribute the football. Brew McCoy, five catches, 102 yards. And a score, Jalen Hyatt, five catches, 58 yards. And, uh, you know, Ramel Keaton, three catches 69 yards even Princeton Fant, the tight end five catches for 43 yards spreading the football around a little bit without his main weapon there a lot of guys catching a lot of really nice passes from him and look he looks right pockets collapsing he's gonna pull it down follow his blockers and get down the field ultimately does a great job setting up his blocker cuts to the outside acceleration down the sideline runs out at the 18-yard line was a 44-yard gain this was a guy that I, I think was in complete control. When he did miss, you know, he, he put the ball on on the back hip uh, of his tight end Jacob Warren, which allowed the safety Rashad Torrance to close in a hurry, knock the pass away. But for the most part, Hooker was was absolutely dynamic for the balls. Conversely, I mean, you're looking at Anthony Richardson. If you just look at the stats, 24 of 44, 453 yards, a touchdown, an interception, 17 carries, 62 yards, and, and two touchdowns. You know you're like wow he had a had a tremendous day the Florida Gators had to have won and, and ultimately that wasn't the case you know, with Richardson look you know we know that he has the physical tools he's 6'4 232 pounds this kid um, just needs more more reps that's really the biggest thing um, one of the things that you definitely saw you know there's an RPO he reads the linebackers coming up Lets us it rip to the receiver on a slant to begin the game excellent velocity on the football quick release very effortless release as well um, Pulls the football, takes off, jukes the linebacker out of his skin uh, to the outside, cuts it back inside. Uh, you know, third and 12, picks up 11 yards on that run. Uh, Ricky Pearsall runs a post corner, sold it really well. Ball laid up, very nice, nice play there. 28 yards, puts it over the uh, right over the shoulders to the receiver, had a step on the corner, rolls to his right. As his right foot steps down, Slings that ball down the field. Really an errant throw as Pearsall was coming open in the end zone. Threw a little bit wide of his receiver. Um, You know, needed to be a little bit more patient, I think, on on that throw. A little bit more touch. I think that's something that you definitely see. You see the velocity absolutely there, but touch is always a concern for him. Uh, Third down, had the the foot speed to roll out and avoid a defensive end. Deliver a strike to a receiver on the crossing ground to pick up a first down. You know, the pocket presence is something that you see him starting to really develop. Steps up in the pocket to avoid two defenders. Eyes take him right to the tight ends. Uh, Keon Zipperer comes open behind the defense. Catch and run 44 yards for the touchdown. Uh, really step to his left to avoid the defensive end. Getting blocked by the running back. Then as another defensive end. Plugs the hole to the right. Jumps back to the left. But now there's a defensive end that's getting to the edge against the guard. Steps back to the right. Another defensive close. Closes on him as he releases the football, but that pocket presence, the ability to manipulate, move in that pocket was tremendous. Um, so it's it's something that he's starting to really understand. You know, he drifted to his left to buy some additional time on corks it over 40 yards in the air to Justin Shorter. Bit of a jump ball for the receiver, but was still able to make that play. Has that confidence to, to get the football out to his receivers, but could have gotten it to him a little bit sooner because Shorter actually had his man beat. And ultimately turned into a 50 50 ball. Um, You know, I think when you stay with the Gators, you look at Osiris Torrance, 6'5, 332 pounds. We talk about the guards. This is a dude shoving the defensive back, uh, the defensive tackle outside, seals him off, allows Richardson to take off, run to the left. On a third and long, climbs, head on a swivel, looking for someone to block, just looking to just light somebody up. Peels back, picks up the linebacker, trying to shoot through the gap ultimately takes him out, allowing uh, the running back, Trevor Etienne, to get outside for a 12-yard gain. Osiris Torrance is a top-four guard in this draft, that's for sure. Brenton Cox, another guy who I think is continuing to elevate his play, just had uh, one tackle, um, which, you know, a half tackle for loss in the game. Um, Tennessee did a really good job neutralizing him, but look, violent hands at the line of scrimmage to slap the right tackle's hands away. Swipe again and an arm over to clear. Turns that corner. Ultimately, Hennon Hooker was able to step up and take off, but you love his ability to get into the backfield and be disruptive. Ventrell Miller as well, 5'11", 228 pounds. Seems like we're always talking about these two guys. And with Ventrell Miller, look, a delayed blitz, uh, getting to the quarterback as he's throwing, unable to step into his throw on the dig route to the receiver, ultimately sailed the pass because of Miller. Um, Princeton Vamp tight end sits down on the outside in front of the corner, cuts it back to the inside and up the field. Miller comes in from behind to punch the ball free. Gators get the football there. Um, you know, you wanted to see uh, you know, Gervon Dexter really have a huge game, just had the one tackle on the day. Uh, you know, that, that was one of the things that was frustrating. You wanted to see Dexter and Cox have a huge day. I mean, I think it really speaks to what Hendon Hooker was able to do, some of that elusiveness, and be able to frustrate those guys in that front seven I mentioned Rashad Torrance the nice play there on the on the tight end only a junior six foot 202 I I think you know it behooved Torrance to come back for another season but look he was very active in the game 13 tackles and a pass breakup as well he continues to play like that we may see his draft stock continue to rise as well Oregon had to come back and beat Wazoo Washington State there in Pullman uh 44-41 Looked like Washington State had this game won, and then Oregon ends up putting up 29 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, Bo Nix had another day. We talked about him. Um, you know, Ultimately, he looks a lot more comfortable there. Um, in Eugene, one of the things with this guy, you know, doesn't always set his feet, so his ball's going to sail on him at times. Telegraph the swing pass to the running back, Francisco Maligoa, steps in, reads the pass from the two-yard line, drives on it. Running back's at the eight at the time. Quarterback is leading the receiver, steps right in front, picks off a pass, returns it 95 yards for a touchdown. But then he comes back and makes you know this throw on a deep over route, puts the ball right on the money to the receiver near the sideline. Delivery was still a little bit later; receiver had to wait for it, but still it was on the money. So you know it's one of those things. That there's kind of the, the downside a little bit, but you know he wasn't making dumb mistakes. Wasn't taking sacks. He's trying to get the ball out of much quicker than what he was doing there at Auburn. Sprinted out to the left. Sets his feet. Hits Tony Franklin on a deep over to the left for 38 yards with a right hash to the left sideline outside the numbers. Puts the ball on his receiver. Play action. Gets gets open over the middle in tight coverage. uh, Tony Franklin does. Puts the ball right out in front of him for a 13-yard gain to set up first and goal as they're driving to ultimately put the game away. Um, you know It's one of those things to where Nick's, like I said, much more confident, 33 of 44, 428 yards, three touchdowns and an interception against a very stout Washington State defense. Now, some of the not so great on offense, Maacela Amave Laulu, 6'6", 3'15". The junior, you'll remember he was the guy that Jalen Carter just really just threw aside uh, to get into the backfield. Uh, climbs to the second level, gets a day on Henley, completely whiffs on the block, and ultimately Henley runs right by him and drops a running back for a loss. I, I think Lau Lu's tape this year compared to last year, you know, last year's much better tape. He's really, um, I-, I think the lack of, of having Mario Crystal ball around. With that offensive line he's still i think getting used to uh the new regime there in eugene and i think that's really been showing up so far this year christian gonzalez the corner when we talk about the defense 6'2, 200 pounds redshirt sophomore the transfer from colorado look there was a fade pass from the 18 yard line to the wide side of the field he's stride for stride inside leverage looks back for the football there is a little bit of hand fighting but also has a right to that football. He's tracking it. Ultimately, the ball was overthrown, but he was in perfect position to make a play on the football had it been an accurate pass. Um, DJ Johnson, look, the dude played defensive end and and tight end last year. He's an explosive edge rusher, 6'4", 270 pounds. Um, It was really lining up at linebacker. Um, Bends around the edge with a nice rip move on the right tackle, gets by him. Bends to the quarterback for the sack. Excellent burst was something that you really saw um, after the play loss is cool and uh, uh, got up shoved the wa- uh, Washington State offensive lineman really needs to work on keeping his cool a little bit there Noah Sewell the middle linebacker look 6'3 251 pounds the junior I think some of his best tape uh, was in this game nine tackles a sack two and a half tackers for loss I think he's finally starting to get more comfortable in Dan Lanning's defense you know, had a, did have a chance to bring Cam Ward down in the open field, two yards shy of the first down, but unable to wrap up, missed with an arm tackle. Uh, but you saw, you know, War, uh Ware-Hudson batted the ball back to Cam Ward. Sewell showing off excellent effort to continue the pursuit of the quarterback to the boundary, chased him down, threw him down for a sack at the sideline. Uh, the act, You know, he's showing off, uh, being as active as he is, as relentless as he is, seeing the ball much better. uh as we move into the season his ability to uh drop into coverage play forward against the run he's playing a lot faster playing a lot more instinctively than he has been in the uh you know the past couple of games so that's nice to see there for, for Noah Sewell a guy that I think a lot of people were expecting big thanks from as a first rounder I don't know that that's the case right now he may want to come back for one more year to improve some of that draft stock now with Washington State Cam Ward 37 to 48 375 yards two touchdowns a couple of interceptions Nine carries for 44 yards and a score as well. Look, first play from scrimmage uh, at the 25. Took a flea flicker, picked back to him at the 15. Sidearms it across the field to the 50. Ball kind of fluttered on him. Renard Bell comes back for the football. It was a little underthrown outside the numbers. Um, but you just saw some of the, the creativity there. You know, The ability to kind of sidearm that throw to get it out there. Um, second and goal from the six defensive tackle Casey Rogers gets up into the backfield, able to escape rolling out to his left, gets outside the pocket, scores with his legs but what you really appreciated with his arm was his, it was the touch his ability to make the throws in front of the safety when he needed to um, You know, this is a guy who you know, he started the game 10-13 for 124 yards, you saw the poise in the pocket, stepping up knowing the pressure, was, where it was coming from pull to run when he needed to but it was the poise in the pocket, reading the defense, knowing where the blitz is coming from, and throwing in that direction. You saw some pretty good ball ball placement as well. Um, you know, Being able to throw wide side, back shoulder throw, uh, putting the ball on a line where only his receiver could, could make, make a play on the football. Took advantage of a corner looking at the sideline. Uh, ultimately gets the ball out there, great recognition. Hits Dazan's uh, Stribling, coming off the line, put the ball right on him, allowed him to take off down the sideline for 38 yards. Really a heads up play there. Then, how about the improvisational skills as well? Scrambles to his left, defender in his face. As he's stumbling to the ground, kind of flip the ball up to the running back, catches and takes off down the sideline for 25 yards. You see guys like Russell Wilson uh, and Patrick Mahomes making plays like that. You know, Cam Ward showing off his own. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson impression. You know, really a nice play there. Uh, defensively, look, we're always going to talk about Dayon Henley there for, for the Palouse posse. Um, eight tackles, a quarter quarterback hit and a, and a tackle for loss. You know, I, I mentioned him beating the block of, of Laulu, climbing to the second level, dives inside, dropping the running back for a loss. Uh, just very active the range was something that really jumped off the screen as well Uh, i'll tell you what francisco maugola the 6'3 230 pound sophomore linebacker not draft eligible but you saw the lateral agility the diagnosis reading the quarterback's eyes reacting on that swing pass that he ultimately took to the house but you saw the speed he was running away from guys so really impressive display there at that linebacker position so if you're a team in the pac-12 that has washington state much like USC does here this upcoming weekend, watch out. They're, they're not going to be an easy out for you at all. Now, if we talk about Clemson, number five ranked Tigers, taking on Wake Forest, uh, the 21st ranked Demon Deacons, uh, Truest Field. Look, it, it took two overtimes, but uh, DJ Ui was able to outduel Sam Hartman 51 45. It was a classic. And look, DJ's back. The, you know the confidence is there he, he's dropped the weight looked great at, at you know 64 220 pounds 26 of 41 371 yards five touchdowns also have 14 carries for 52 yards looks much quicker with his feet um, you know one of the things that you just absolutely loved was he was putting it putting the ball right on the tight end in, in zone coverage Jake Brinningstool had a big game Davis Allen as well um, shoot we can talk about the the game winning touchdown put the ball where only his tight end had to really put that back shoulder throw because if he had delivered it on the numbers, the, the DB had that inside position on him, would have made a play on the football. Um, you know, Threw the ball up high earlier to, to Davis Allen over the middle, uh, allowed that tight end to climb it, climb the ladder, get over the safety, excellent touch to put it where only his tight end could get it. You um, also love the two-point conversion there, able to uh, shrug off, the defensive end, uh, Rondell Bothroyd, who I think is one of the better edge rushers there in the ACC, and was able to shrug him off and locate his high school teammate, Bo Collins, coming free for a successful conversion. Had a second defensive end at his feet when he threw the football. So again, you know, not you know being fearless there in the pocket. Had a 21-yard touchdown in overtime, clean pocket from the wide hash to the outside shoulder on a fade to the opposite sideline. Dropped it in right over the shoulder for a score as well. Just absolutely pretty ball. Uh, you know this. You know he's not without flaws. Uh, you know he had a throw to to Brennan, uh, Brandon Inspector down the sideline. Ball was a little uh, was thrown a little to the inside. Not enough air under it. The corner Gavin Holmes had a chance for a pick. Ultimately went through his hands. And Spector brings in the ball for a 41-yard touchdown. But it really should have been picked off the way that that, that football was was placed there. Um, but look, he's a tough runner. Um he just the ball security scares you at times had the ball knocked out on one of his runs but look you know I I think we can finally say that, that DJU that everybody's calling him I like to call him DJ Uyongalele um I, I think he's definitely showing up in a big way um I'd love to see him come back for one more year and see if maybe he can be the number 1 quarterback in next year's draft um you know offensive line wise Jordan Mcfadden look 62 205 good lateral agility and pass protection um, Rondell Bothroy, though, stutter on him, cross his face to beat him to the inside, he was able to force uh, his way between the, the, the tackle and the guard to pressure the quarterback. So some of that speed, especially susceptible to that inside rush at times. Jody could anchor um, versus the bull rush a little bit as well. I still think Jordan McFadden is probably better off playing inside, though. Um, Brian Brisey, look, you know, looped around on the outside, kept working to get to the quarterback. You see that athleticism on display, uses the hands. That's one of the things that's so impressive with him, slapping an arm over, turns the corner, flushes the quarterback from the pocket. Too often, though, allowed the guard to shoot his hands inside him before he could get his hands into the frame of the guard. As a result, he gets stood up. You know, But when he was able to keep himself free of that, Use those hands, slap and rip to get off those blocks. Look, the second play in double overtime, kept the hands off of them, able to drive the right guard back towards the quarterback. They got a hand up to knock the pass down to force a third and 10. Ultimately, we know what happened with Wake. They didn't end up converting game over. Uh, Miles Murphy, though, is a guy a lot of people, including myself, have at the top of their defensive end rankings. And you want to see more out of it. You want to see him take over games. But this is a guy, look, you know, in the last three games, he's racked up his three sacks and the four tackles for loss, um, you know, and ultimately 12 of his tackles in the last three games against La Tech, Wake Forest, and then NC State. We have to throw in there since that was week five. But um, you want to see a little bit more out of Miles Murphy, you know, Brian Bersi, Look, KJ Henry has shown the ability to show some speed coming off affecting plays. Tyler Davis on the inside, beating guards with with quick inside moves, getting a quick sack um, in in the backfield, able to beat the center, drove him back into the backfield to ultimately drop the running back for a loss on the first play of second overtime. I want to see Miles Murphy take over games and be dominant, and I just haven't seen that yet this year. Davis Allen, only a junior. But the 6'6, 250 pound tight end showed something there. Uh, bodying up safeties in the end zone, uh, elevating over them, bodying up a safety in double overtime as well, climbing the ladder and elevating, extending to the outside, that body control, hauling it in. Also, an excellent blocking tight end. He's one of the better tight ends in the league and people are in, in the country, and people aren't really talking about him. Uh, for Wake, I mean, Sam Hartman. Look, man, you know, this guy had surgery in August, remove a blood clot in his left shoulder. And, uh, you know, he's been, you know, look, 20 of 29, 337 yards, six touchdowns. This dude was money. 36-yard touchdown to Jamal Banks. There was a slow mesh, pulled it, uh, showed rush, then threw deep uh, to the receiver. Ball hung up a little bit. But The receiver was able to go up with the corner on his back for the touchdown. One of the things with Hartman is he just doesn't have the arm strength. I, I think what he does do is he does a great job with the pocket manipulation. Um, he's an intelligent kid, knows where to go with the football. You love his ball placement on a lot of those back shoulder throws as well. Um, you saw that time and time again. Hartman's a guy who's going to ultimately play in the league um, as a backup, but he just doesn't have the arm strength to be a, a full-time starter. Uh, but, look, you know, 6-1, 208. Keeping an eye out for for Hartman as the season goes along. I think he's going to end up continuing to put up big numbers for Dave Clossett and company. Uh, A.T. Perry, look, four catches, 51 yards and a touchdown. Does a good job working back to the football. That's one of the things you like to see from your receivers. Able to run by the corners vertically. That's something that you absolutely saw from him. Elevates over the receivers as well. Uses that big frame to his advantage. Um, That's one of the things that you love to see. Tracks the ball well over his shoulder. A.T. Perry is a guy who's going to be playing on Sunday, 6'5", 206. just a matter of when he decides he's going to ultimately enter the draft. That's going to be the big question mark at this point. Got to speed things up a little bit um, as we go. Don't have too much time left in the podcast, and i got a lot of games that I still have to bring to you. Um, So Texas A&M, ultimately the the Aggies taking down Arkansas 23-21. You know, Anaya Smith in this game, right ankle rolled up on while he was blocking on the outside for Max Johnson, a season-ending injury there. Um, Layton Robinson, the guard, 6'4", 330 pounds. This dude was physical at the point of attack. That's some of the things that you really love to see. Got under the the defensive tackle's pad level, drives him across. um, Good feet to mirror and pass protection, and so good at pulling around, sealing off the linebacker. One of the times he got so so quick around around edge, ultimately got, got called for bear-hugging the guy and dropping him. But that's something that you saw time and time again. He pull around, get over to the left-hand side, and seal off that edge to allow uh, Devin A. Shane to do his thing. And Devin A. Shane absolutely did do his thing in this game. 19 carries, 151 yards, and a touchdown. Also three catches for 15 yards. And with, with Devin A. Shane, what you see there is a guy who has that explosive speed. That's what you love. Um, had the ball at his own eight. Splits the corner of the safety. You both had angles. Gets to the second level. Finally brought down at the 30, 62 yard game. Dynamic, speed, kills. He's also patient wait for blockers. Puts his foot in the ground, then runs to daylight. Runs through two tackles, by the way. Good contact balance. The vision to see the cutback lanes. Takes the handoff, foot in the ground. Hits that cutback, jukes out with the linebacker bumper pull to get inside him. Uses that jump cut to bounce to the outside. To me, I, I think Devin H. a is a guy who's continuing to gain that momentum for, for the Aggies. And uh, especially with, with Smith going down, uh, quarterback play has been inconsistent. Um, you know, they, they really need to run that, that ride that running back as much as they can and really you know play ball control behind that offensive line, especially with Bryce Foster, you know, a guy who can end up being a first-round center in next year's draft. Ricky Stromberg, 6'4, 3'10, the center. Uh, this is a guy, look, you know, he's flat footed after the the snap, slides to his right, defensive tackle a nice slap, arm over, caught him leaning, couldn't get back over. So ultimately it was Shamar Turner. Able to pressure KJ Jefferson, force him up in the pocket. Very poor rep from Stromberg. Now that's something that you see from him. You'll see the, the technique. You'll see him look really good. Gets his hand underneath the armpit, driving his man away from the quarterback on one play. Then he's just flat-footed on the next. Really a head scratcher for me. KJ Jefferson, look man, 18 carries, 105 yards and a touchdown, 12 of 19, 171 yards, and two scores. Very efficient as that, at that quarterback position. That's one of the things that you definitely saw. Um, I think the biggest thing was the athleticism um, that you absolutely saw on display. Um, did have a 56-yard touchdown pass to to Warren Thompson deep down the middle of the field. Receiver behind the defense had to slow up for the football, but did put the ball on the money. Just not enough arm strength to get the ball out in front of his receiver. You know, He's a big athlete and you want to see him continue to develop only a junior so we'll see him come back to Fayetteville next season Drew Sanders bumper pool look Sanders at four tackles had a half a sack Um, he drives into the left guard off the snap snap stack shed nearly gets the quarterback for the snap the the sack as he's trying to leave the pocket to the left quarterback able to shake free ultimately runs to the outside Uh, But Sanders is just so relentless. He's a lot of fun to watch. He's one of the better edge rushers in all of college football. Bumper pool, seven tackles on the day, a pass breakup. He's quick coming downhill. He's a guy that can drop into coverage a little bit, can blitz. He's one of those guys, a day three gem for a team. Uh, I, I think I can absolutely see that happening. Now, I think one of the upsets of the day, Texas Tech taking down the 22nd rank Texas Longhorns, 37-34 in overtime. Um, and look, Donovan Smith is a guy that is really going to be you know, taking notice. Uh, 6'5", 230 pounds, 30 of 56, 331 yards, two touchdowns, also had a touchdown on the ground. This is a guy who's just continuing to develop. You see the ball placement. You've got decent arm strength from the guy, um, a, a guy that is just impressing every time he, he takes the field. And uh, I think Joey McGuire has something there at quarterback. He'll be someone to keep an eye out for in Big 12 play over the next couple of years. Uh, Tyree Wilson, we keep talking about him, and there's for good reason. Six tackles and a half sack in the game. 6'6", 275 pounds. The burst up the field, uses those hands to get off the block with a quick arm over to get to the quarterback. There's a swing pass to the running back. Chases down the ball carrier on on you know, outside the numbers. It was a six yard game, but chases him down outside the numbers and brings him down puts his hand in the dirt uses his hand to get off the block another arm over again to get to the inside ultimately flush the quarterback from the pocket you love also seeing him starting to the outside crossing the face of the running of the right tackle to get back inside power to to drive that right tackle back toward the quarterback in the pocket dude's a beast uh he he should be a first rounder when it's all said and done so roderick thompson look you know was the leading rusher there at Texas Tech. uh, I believe 2019 and 2021, 6'1", 215, very much a downhill, one-cut-and-go type of a runner. Uh, had 17 carries for 70 yards and a score. He's the guy that could be a late-day three pick, possibly a, a priority free agent, but a guy who I think will get a look at the next level because of the physicality uh, you know, with which he plays. Uh, Bijan John Robinson, doing Bijan Robinson things, 16 carries, 101 yards, two touchdowns. Um, had a 22-yard reception to open the game. He loved the hands, patient on the outside zone, gets that foot in the ground and then gets north and south, bursts through the hole, drags uh, tacklers for extra yards, Um, run play starts to the right, he's bottled up, able to jump back, cut it to the left, bounces it outside, sets up the DB in space, the head shoulder fake, jab step to the inside, gets outside for 12 yards. Could have been a four to five yard loss. you know, there was an interception that was thrown deep. He was able to chase down Reggie Pearson Jr. tackles him in the open field. You love the effort there after uh, after the turnover. Jukes a defender in the backfield on a stretch play to the right. Then spins back to the inside away from another defender. Still picks up eight yards. You know, this guy is he's not Saquon Barkley. He's not Reggie Bush but he's one of those guys you can kind of in between those. He doesn't have the burst that either of those two guys have, but he runs with power, You love the vision, you love the lateral agility. And for a guy who's six foot, 214 pounds, probably around in that 220 range, the big question mark is gonna be, what's he gonna run? You know, can he run in the four fours? I think if he does that, we could be talking about him as a first round pick when it's all said and done. If he's running in those four five, four six range, then absolutely not. You're talking more of a, a Najee Harris, maybe towards the end of round one, but that's probably about the ceiling for him at this point. Moving along, Oregon State, man, almost pulling off a big upset in Pac-12 play. Seventh-ranked Trojans traveling to Reese Stadium. Um, all the fans pretty much on one side of the stadium because ultimately what we saw was, uh, you know, the other half blown up, The remodeling uh, Reese at this point. And look, you know, SC comes back with a 17-14 win, but uh, you know, one of my favorite players is, is Jack Coletto, man. 6'3", 239 pounds. This guy's a linebacker, a fullback, a tight end. Uh, I think he played quarterback there at one point. 19 touchdowns, 15 of those for five yards or less. Um, also plays special teams. Um, I think they said on the broadcast he's on four of the six units. Um, ran a wheel route, got by the, the corner, Makai Blackman, waited for the ball to get there, Halls in the pass. Um, you know, a, a dude that just, he's just so much fun to watch. Jack of all trades. On one play, he's sitting there as a lead blocker for, for Jam Griffin, the running back. On another play, he's the lead blocker for, for Deshaun Fenwick on, on a first and goal play. Um, then as Relique Brown, the, the really speedy, quick freshman running back there for the Trojans. Hits the hole downhill, but he's able to trip him up after six yards. Then you see him on a fourth down play fourth and one, takes the handoff, picks up the first round. Just so physical as a runner, almost seems impossible to stop. Everyone knows he's getting the ball when he's in the game, and uh, he was still able to, uh, to pick up yards. Uh, the secondary, I think, was really impressive. You watch you know, Rajon Wright, 6'2", 191-pound junior, He's a guy that, look, he was stride for stride with with Jordan Addison, Mario Williams. And look, Tyler Bray, the Beavers' defensive coordinator, had really a great game plan. You know, the the secondary working very well together, passing receivers off. Caleb Williams really confused by the defense. Um, You know, Wright and and Keeton Oladapo were were clearly the the two standouts there on the back end of the defense. Oladapo, 6'1", 214 pounds, only a junior. Both of these guys can come back and I could see them doing that with within uh, Jonathan Smith's system. But Oladipo blitz off the edge, runs through the running back Austin Jones to get to Caleb Williams for a sack. Chance Nolan, um, you know he's only a junior. He'll be coming back. Every time he was under pressure, it seemed like you know he was forcing throws down the field. Didn't have the arm strength. USC four picks in the game. Defense kept them in. Caleb Williams, I know that he's only a sophomore and uh, he's not draft eligible yet. But man. You know, this is a guy He was confused, really didn't know what was going on, had it, you know, for much of the game, 16-36 to 36 for 180 yards. But that touchdown, that throw to Jordan Addison, the game winner, um, less than a minute to play, and the running cover two throws that whole shot, safety coming right over, and puts the ball right on the money to Jordan Addison, who plucks the ball out of the air. Addison... First targeted in the second half. I mean, that's how well the Beavers defended USC for much of the game. Um, but what you saw out of Jordan Addison, look, foot, 175 pounds. Ended up three catches for 42 yards and that touchdown. Um, you know, ran a dig route, crossed the face of the DB, makes a catch, uh, thrown above his head, extending above the frame. I talk about his length. Reminds you of uh, uh, you know Devontae Smith in that way. Got 15 yards on that play, by the way. Um, you know, Austin Jones' stock kind of goes up and down. This is a guy. You know, he's 5'10", 190 pounds. Pretty good receiver. Um, can block a little bit, but you know, he's been exposed as a blocker. Gets shoved aside at times. Kind of struggles in that area a little bit. Um, you know, Travis Dye, 5'10", 200 pounds. He was really the guy that kept him in the game. 19 carries, 133 yards. And a touchdown. Also had a, a catch out of the backfield as well. Um, this was a dude, you know, runs around edge on the counter play, 36 yards down the field in a hurry. Speed to the second level. Uh, he's quick through the hole. Power with the with, with shedding blockers. Excellent, excellent pass protector as well. Uh, you know, a guy who is he's the leader of that defense, and he's punishing runner downhill. That's something that really stands out for me with Travis Dye. And look, a- Andrew Voorhees is the best offensive of lineman USC has. Uh, a guy who picks up edge rushers um, at, from that left guard position, able to buy the quarterback time. You see him pulling around the athleticism and space, being able to drive guys down the field. You love the footwork out of him as well. Uh, his center, Brett Nealon, Look, Caleb Williams runs for it on a fourth down, was a yard short. The 6'2", 295-pound center comes in to push him and gets a first down, able to sustain that drive. Nealon is the guy, man, you want him driving the pile. That's something that you absolutely see out of him. Shane Lee, the linebacker, 6'245", great job playing downhill, exposed, covering running backs. I mean, I think that's really all that we need to say there. Eric Gentry is only a sophomore. He'll be back next year, but 6'6", 200 as a middle linebacker is just freaky. Freaky with a seven foot wingspan. I mean they just don't make make, make guys like that. I mean it's insane. Tule Tui didn't have the best game for him, but I, I think this was a guy look, you know, comes around on a stunt, gets the hand in the passing lane, the tip of pass, fourth, fourth, force fourth, fourth, fourth down, gets a push up the field, to keep the running back moving laterally, flows that play right into Eric Gentry. So even if he wasn't making a play on the football, he was still affecting the play. Seventh tackle for loss on the year. Cross the face of the left tackle to get into the backfield. Um, Just gets up the field in a hurry to blow up run plays. You love it. You know, ducking underneath, using his hands with an arm over to string out the running back. Ultimately dropped by the linebacker again. Really an intelligent football player. 6'4", 290 pounds. Early second round pick, in my opinion, right now. He's my number three defensive tackle. He may even sneak into round one if he can close out the year strong. Makai Blackman. The Colorado transfer. This is a guy who's continuing to really pick up steam. He, he was the guy against Stanford who had the leaping interception, tips the ball to himself, covering, I think it was Bryson Tremaine, the Stanford receiver. But uh, you know ultimately running stride for stride, um, down the field, ball was overthrown. He needs to just don't be so grabby. You know That's one of the things that was really frustrating watching him play. But you know, right on the hip of Tyjon Lindsay on a corner route, Tugged the jersey twice, did a couple of small tugs, but was really playing over the top on that corner route. The quarterback over overthrows it, able to pick off the pass, um, getting over the top right there at the five yard line there for the Trojans. The Trojans eke out a, wick, a victory, but the, the the teams that want to be great they have to step up in games like that. And that you know, fortunately for the Trojans, he was able to do that. Washington takes on Stanford. Michael Penix Jr. Look, you know, this was the guy who was on the money, um, you know. But it's one of those things. He's a lefty. Really, was throwing the ball well to the left side of the field more so than the right side. Really, just could not throw the ball um, anything over 10 yards. You know, was really struggling with some of that accuracy there on that outside. Tremendous arm strength. You know, I, I think that's something that people don't really give him credit for. But 50 plus yards in the air, no problem. And uh, had a big day, you know, 22-37, 309 yards and and two touchdowns there for the the Huskies. 40-22 to winners on the day. Uh, Jackson Kirkland was back, the 6'7", 300-pound left tackle. Battled injuries, um, you know, but look, he was slow to pick up the inside rush. That was one of the things that was frustrating, Um, but did a good job locking down on the defensive tackle, allowing Wayne Talapapa to run off of his block. Um, Extends into the defensive end, but the feet weren't matching what the hands were doing. So ultimately gets beat. Um, so it's just it's one of those things to where I think he needs to get that that playing time back. One thing that I thought was really fun though uh, was there was a double reverse pitch back screen out in front. There's the safety Jonathan McGill. I don't even know what Jonathan McGill was trying to do. If he was trying to he was getting trying to get to the perimeter, but he runs right at. Jackson Kirkland just kind of drills his giant hit to drop him it didn't make a whole lot of sense but I think Kirkland started to get into the flow it's gonna take some time though for him um, he just really needs to get back into the flow of things Henry Bainvilleu the the guard though dude he's a right guard 6'7, 307 nearly 35 inch arms tough along the interior can pull get a kick out block on the linebacker on the outside extends those really long arms the defensive tackle Uses a long arm, use that left arm to really control the point of attack. Uh, defensive tackle swipes at his hands right off the snap, able to recover with good feet. Shooting those hands back inside as well. And then we finally got to see Zion Tupuola-Fatui get to the quarterback. You saw the effort coming off the edge. Drove the right tackle back, Uses his hands to shove him back. Then works to the inside, forcing Tanner McKee to get outside the pocket. Use those hands to fight through the right tackle to the outside. Drops him for a sack. Comes off the edge on touch. Beats the block. Well, there really wasn't much of a block by tight end Benjamin Urasek. Coming across the formation. Runs by right by him. Loops around deep. Up in the pocket. Then gets back to to uh, drill Tanner McKee, who was trying to step up as well. Really nice to see him back out on the field and playing well. Tanner McKee, 6'6", 225. 17-26, 286 yards. Three touchdowns. Three interceptions. This is a guy who really showed that he's just he's nothing more than a pocket passer he really struggles to get outside the pocket when the pressure was on him he was really struggling to to get uh, to get out of there you know the he really held the mesh too long it really helped against USC because those linebackers were sucking up but we never really got to that point against Washington because that old line just wasn't blocking for him and they were getting into the backfield time and time again I just thought Tanner McKee struggled Stock weighed down for me on, on Tanner McKee at this point uh, after this game. Benjamin Urasek also exposed. The 6'5", 235-pounder. I was talking about him with that that crazy 50-yard end around against USC, but he's not much of a blocker, man. I, I talked about him coming across the formation on, on Tupuola, Patui. He ran right by him for a sack. Came across the formation, uh, put a shoulder into uh, to Braylon Trice, but not much of a block there either. Um, you know, it's one of those things to where he steps out to block the defensive end jeremiah martin used this quick uh, swim move to go over the top of him turns the corner swiping the quarter the ball from the quarterback's hand before he can get rid of it as well urasek on the day just one catch for 16 yards really disappointed in his effort during that game um, really just kind of confusing with what was going on there um, equally so with, with oklahoma taking on kansas state and uh, the Sooners, I don't know what I was watching in that game. Uh, the Sooners going down 41-34. And, and it was all about Adrian Martinez, really. This was a guy, look, 6'2", 212 pounds. He was frustrated to watch it at uh, Nebraska, just not much of a quarterback. You know, he was a guy, he was an athlete, but the accuracy just was not there. It was 21-34 for 234 yards. And a touchdown, but look, 21 carries, 148 yards, and uh you know, racked up a bunch of touchdowns. I think he had four of them. And uh every chance that he got, he was going off of edge and taking taking the ball down. There's a nice zone read, pulled it, got inside the, the the end, Marcus Stripling, speed to the second level, chose off that speed to score on a 15-yarder, ultimately beat the safety to the end zone. There's a third and sixteen play at their own 41-yard line. Pocket collapses jeffrey johnson the dt into the backfield pulls it runs by danny stutzman and david igwebu the linebackers get to the outside speed down the sideline 50 yard gain out at the four yard line which pretty much sealed things 4k state uh, the speed that was really the thing that was on display there for adrian martinez you, know, you talk about like you know Taysom hill and, and things like that he's really not much of a quarterback but the thing that you do love about him is the speed. You want to see it. You know, Can you put a package together to allow him to take advantage of, of some of that speed there? Wildcat quarterback, will we ever see that at the next level, see too much of that? You know, That's really the big question mark there for, for Adrian Martinez because that's really the only niche that he has at the next level, not much of a passer. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, 25 carries, 116 yards, a little 5'6", 173-pound, diminutive running back. This is a dude who has tremendous lateral quickness. That's one of the things that you absolutely see. You see his acceleration coming downhill, the vision to see the cutback lanes. Gets through arm tackles. This dude is little, but the contact balance is ridiculous. He's so patient to wait for his block, sets them up really well, and then cuts right off of those blocks. Guys were having a hard time. There was really a crazy play. Had a head fake to the inside. Bounces it outside with a quick lateral cut to avoid the linebacker, Deshaun White. Then on the edge, a jab step to the outside, cuts inside the the DB, Billy Bowman, keeps that leg drive to pick up 16 yards. Just the the athleticism, the ability to to cut on a dime was on display. And if we talk about interior linemen, we gotta talk about Cooper Beebe, big number 50, 6'4", 322 pounds, the junior, quick feet coming around, um, pulling, you know, the skip pull, not always able to to get around and get to the linebackers, but uh, you know, showed it a decent job when he was getting around edge or lining up his man that he was able to not only make contact but drive his man down the field um, you know getting those hips around uh, off the snap blocking down on the defensive tackle showing some pretty good movement um, will lose his feet at times we'll lose the block there uh, but definitely a physical presence there up front for k-state and when you talk about OU, um, look, you know Dylan Gabriel, twenty-six to thirty-nine, three hundred thirty yards, four touchdowns. He was doing everything that he could to to will that that offense to victory. But um, you know he was sailing passes again. You know had Drake Stoops uh, getting vertical was wide open, and uh, you know his stride was really wide. That's one of the things that we've talked that they've talked about. If you watch, you know Robert Griffin the Third talked about it week five for OU in the drubbing against TCU, just how far. He would strive with with his throws, and yeah, he's overstriding. but those throws were sailing on him, and, and you know he missed Drake Stoops running wide open. Um, clearly, not enough air under the football. The inconsistency—that's really the biggest issue there for OU. Um, you know, at that quarterback spot, you know, and, and Gabriel, you know, he was a tough dude at at, uh, at UCF, but you know that gunslinger mentality. You know, the biggest thing is he needs to get back to, you know, to the mechanics and get things right there. Eric Gray had another nice game, though. 16 carries, 114 yards, also seven catches for 45 yards. Excellent hands out of the backfield. Patient runner. Sets up his block. Nice jab step to the right and back to the left. Gets downhill through the hole. Drop his pad level. Ran through Josh Hayes. Uh, kept the leg drive going as well. Offers up some lateral agility to bounce to the outside. Uh, a dude that always seems to be falling forward. He's a lot of fun to watch. Good hands out of the backfield as well, as I mentioned. Marvin Bims look, 5'11", 177 pounds. Getting vertical. That's one of the things that you definitely saw. Um, you know, had a, a 50-yard touchdown. Um, ran right by Omar Daniels, the corner. Um, had over a step on him, makes the catch at the 5, ultimately a 50-yard touchdown. Good speed to separate track the ball well. Excellent route in the slot. Showed an outside release. Crossed to the face of the safety, Josh Hayes. Had a, a step up the seam. Ultimately, Dylan Gabriel overthrows him, but you love the route running ability there out of Marvin Mims. Four catches, 87 yards, and a touchdown on the day for him. And then Brayden Willis. Really a go-to target for Dylan Gabriel. Five catches, 41 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. Uh, Really showing some excellent hands. The last touchdown uh, towards the end of the game there. Gabriel puts the ball away from the defensive back. Uh, who was to the inside. Dropped it in on the outside. Nice full extension by Braden Willis. hauls in that pass. Anton Harrison has been kind of up and down the left tackle. 6'5", 315. I've got him in my top ten. I think this is a guy who can be a, a prospect but he's just been so inconsistent he can anchor against the bull rush you love his kick out blocks quick hands to shove the defensive end to the outside he can climb to the, to the second level could be physical he's just a little inconsistent at times that's the, really the biggest thing that i can say for him um but a, a guy that i still really like i think there are a lot of skills a lot of potential there and then deshaun white the linebacker six foot 220 pounds seven tackles two pass breakups in the game you know, Blitz coming off the edge after lining up in the slot, chases down Deuce Vaughn from behind for no gain. Lines up in the slot and as the quarterback pulled the run, shoots inside and comes makes a beeline for him. And he was out there covering the wide receiver, Cade Warner, with stride for stride down the field, able to affect the pass, which ultimately fell incomplete. Brian Osamoa was you know ultimately was a fourth round pick. I think Deshaun White could potentially be in that range, fourth fifth round. Um, you know, he's got that that athleticism athleticism there at that linebacker position. Notre Dame taking on North Carolina. Ultimately, the the Fighting Irish took down the Tar Heels. And and look, Josh Downs, 5'10", 180-pound receiver, first drive of the game. He's lined up in the slot, beats the corner to the outside, able to elevate over the defensive back for a four-yard fade. Excellent return route as well. Starts inside, plants, gets separation back to the outside for a three-yard touchdown. Look, this is a guy, he's absolutely explosive with the ball in his hands. Is he a first-round pick is really the big question mark right now. You know, the quarterback play could be a little up and down from, from Drake May at times. Uh, five catches, 32 yards, two touchdowns on the day. Uh, you know, he's just a guy, he's he's quick, he's sudden. Um, a lot of fun to watch. Jared Patterson, talk about interior lineman, maybe the best guard in the draft. 6'4, 307. You love the hands shooting them inside, standing up the defensive tackle. Uh, no rusher on the left side. Does a good job to pull around to the right, picked up the rusher coming free. Um, wide receiver down the sideline was wide open for Drew Pine. It ultimately gave him time to make that throw because it was one of those things to where he's blocking. Ultimately, the awareness to see the guy on the opposite side of the field peels off, picks him up, Makes that play. I don't think that was supposed to be his man. I don't think he was supposed to come across the formation. The awareness was was absolutely there. And Michael Mayer, come on. 6'4", 251. Top tight end in this year's draft. Seven receptions, 88 yards, and a touchdown. The route running ability, um, his ability to set up his man. That's one of the things that you love. You can extend for the football away from his frame. can elevate if you need him to. Um, can go one-on-one. Um, Ran a fade route in the end zone, able to extend over the DB. Shows the body control. Um, His heel hit the sideline, so it was incomplete, but the athleticism and body control was absolutely there along the sideline. Isaiah Foskey, look, 6'5", 260 pounds, rushing against the, the right tackle. Gets up the field using his right hand to long arm the right tackle up the field. Then uses his left arm to swim back inside after he shoves him up the field. Flattens out to chase the quarterback in the pocket. Rip move on that poor right tackle again to turn the corner flattens out and chases uh you know drake may all the way to outside the numbers with maris lufau combined for the sack there uh, iowa comes back against uh you know rutgers after you know just struggling to really put any semblance of an offense together 27 to 10 winners over rutgers and piscataway Spencer Petrus has struggled at that quarterback position. He went 11 of 17 for uh, 148 yards. That was probably his best outing in a while. Coming into the game, just 48% passing. Um, Really struggling there at quarterback. But Sam Laporta was the guy I wanted to watch. 6'4", 249. Drives his man off the line. Opens up. Makes the catch. Hauls in that pass. Lines up on the outside against the corner, Robert Longenbeam. Uh, Saw that time and time again. Um... To get vertical actually ran by that corner makes the catch over his shoulder at the 15 for 45 yard gain but you also see the blocking does a great job sealing the edge to allow the running back to get to get to the perimeter very clean route runner very clean blocker he's one of those guys that look you know top two or three tight ends in this drafts class riley moss 6'1 194 the corner look Inside leverage against Aaron Cruikshank on a fade pass. Had the arm bar, head comes around, locates the football. Better position to haul in that football. Elevates, ultimately not able to come up with the football, but did a great job with his position there. Stayed at home on the backside on an end around. Beats the block of the offensive tackle. Drops Shaheem Jones, the receiver, for no gain. Outside leverage, receiver takes an inside release, makes an in-cut. Crossing route was over the top of the route. Worked to the inside. Safety came off the receiver, ultimately to pick off the pass. Moss would have broken up the play with his position. That's one of the things that you absolutely saw with him. Uh, You know, Moss, look, man, he's he's physical when you need him to be. He's very smooth. He's going to look to reroute the receiver. He's got good, not great speed, but he's definitely a corner who's going to be hearing his name called rather early in the draft. I think, you know, third, fourth round feels about right right now. Uh, Jack Campbell, the linebacker, look, the dude just doesn't stay blocked uses his hands very well to get off the blocks you love the lateral agility uh, to get to the hash and the tight end for only a two yard gain um, fluid dropping into coverage you love the hips turning uh, picks up the uh, wide receiver johnny youngblood coming over the middle kind of accelerated away initially but the defensive back coming over the top to help ultimately able to trip him up a little bit All, it forced a fumble which allowed Kayvon merriweather to pick up the football on a scoop and score Jack Campbell's just all over the field. That's one of the things that you absolutely love. He's just always forcing the issue. Quarterback rolls out to the right. Looked to hit that tight end, Johnny Langan, along the sideline. Came downhill, closed in a hurry to drill the tight end, forced the ball in the air. Nearly picked off by the other linebacker, Max Llewellyn. Jack Campbell, number two or three middle linebacker in this draft. I think he's a guy that could be early on day two. Um, another guy, look, if he wants to come out he can get drafted pretty high in the draft, 4th, 5th round, you're talking about Torrey Taylor, 6'4", 230 pounds, the punter, yes, we're talking about punters, 23 punts 48.3 average 13 inside the 20 along of 62, top 4 in in all those stats, which is ridiculous kept pinning the Rutgers deep at the 4 yard line with his first punt bought the Rutgers 42, punts it puts it behind the punt returner ball is out at the seven yard line his career 146 punts 49 45.9 yard average has 72 punts inside the 20 career long of 79 yards just given the Ray guy award now this is a dude who can absolutely affect field possession and with this defense that is so aggressive and gets after you it, it, it's a lot of fun to watch uh, you know play, play that possession game and then Lucas Van Ness is a powerful dude there up front doesn't get the start, but a guy who can play a defensive end or tackle. 6'5", 275, the redshirt sophomore. Look at D tackle on a third down. Loops around on a stunt. Gets to the quarterback. Drills him as he's throwing, which led to a pick six by the corner. Uh, Cooper DeGene. Um, push into the left tackle with a bull rush. Positioned so that he's extending his right arm to get the inside rush. Keeps driving to the quarterback. Gets off the block and drops the quarterback for a sack you love the long arm on the right guard extends in to force his way through big hit on the quarterback as he's throwing at some point we will be talking about Lucas Van Ness as one of the the factors up front in a draft class may not be this year but next year's draft class keep an eye out for number 91 remember Van Ness was the guy who bowled over Peter Skoronsky a season ago He's definitely a dude to keep an eye out for as the years progress. And one final game real quick. We're going to go to the Mountain West Conference in San Jose State. 34-6 winners over Western Michigan. And I'll tell you what. Vilyami Fajoko, eight tackles and a tackle for loss in the game. Dude's motor is always running. I believe he's still only a junior. 6'4", 263 pounds. And this is a guy, look. His third TFL of the game. There was a rip underneath the tight end. Leading to the inside off the snap. Physical off the ball, gets into the backfield to drop the running back for no gain. You see him start wide as a red edge rusher. Plant, quick spin move back inside. Gets both hands up, tip the ball in the air. Could have potentially even been a pick by the Spartans. You see the quickness off the ball to beat the tight end to the inside. Drops the running back for a loss. Turnover on downs. Very disruptive at the defensive end position. Very physical uh, with his hands as well. And then Cade Hall on the other side. 6'3", 271, double-digit sacks as a sophomore. Really hasn't been able to duplicate that. Struggling to get off blocks in the running game. This is a guy that I think really needs to work in in space. He was at his best in this game. Showed burst off off the football. Really ran by the left tackle for the sack. Had his hands into the chest of the left tackle. Quick hand swipe and a rip to beat his man. Got low. Got to the quarterback. Gets the sack. Guy can bend a little bit. I just don't know uh, you know, Like I said, he struggles to get off blocks at of times. Don't know how, uh, how good of an athlete he really is. He's going to be an average athlete when, when he shows up at uh, some of the All-Star events. I think he is a guy that should be at one of the All-Star events, if nothing else. East-West Shrine game, something like that. Hula Bowl. Um, he should get some of that consideration. You know, That's really where I, I think he's going to have to show out uh, to really get his name recognized there. He'll probably be a, uh, a priority free agent. You know, but I think he's definitely a guy that has some of those pass rush skills. I mean, he's been able to show that, hey, I can get to the quarterback, double digit sacks. I just think right now, Fajoco, still only a junior, I think there's a little bit more there for him. You love the motor, you love the physicality with which he plays, and you love the speed, you love the hand usage as well. So I think at that point, we can go ahead and put a wrap to episode 10 of the 2023 podcast series. Week four now in the books. I'm working on week five. I'll get week five together and we'll be able to put a podcast here probably within the next week. And then it'll be on the week six after that. It's hard to believe that we're already into October. We're already talking about conference play. But it's here. It's crazy. And this is really where college football gets fun. The matchups, everything means something. Week in and week out, every single game Need something it counts and that's where the guys are really going to step up the cream always rises to the top i'll also bring together a new segment stock watch we'll just go rapid fire with a lot of names maybe 30 maybe 40 guys stock up stock down that's really all the conversation is going to be like in this case when we're talking about someone like michael mayer after his performance there against north carolina stock up tanner mckee Stock way down. Benjamin Urasek, stock way down. Hendon Hooker, stock up. Anthony Richardson, I'd still put the stock up just a tad. Osiris Torrance, yeah. Stock's definitely up there for him. Uh, When you look at Washington State, Cam Ward. I think the stock right now probably stays about the same. I wouldn't go high or low. Um, Amalacela, Almave Laulu, stock down. Not really impressed with his play to this point. Devon Chain. Yes, absolutely. Stock way up there. That's for sure. Um, Iowa Spencer Petras, man, stock can't get any lower for him. But Sam Laporta, stock up on him. Absolutely. Uh, Riley Moss, stock's going to be up there. Uh, CJ Stroud, stock way up. Cade Stover, we didn't talk about him, but the tight end stock up. Four catches, um, 51 yards, two touchdowns, more of a receiving presence for them. Harris Johnson, DeWan Jones, Matthew Jones, stock up, stock up, stock up. Nick Herbig for Wisconsin, stock down. Only three tackles and a pass breakup. So we'll go ahead and start that with week number five. I think that's almost at our midway point of the college football season for some of these teams. We'll be able to start talking about the draft stock a little bit. And then we'll do that again in a few weeks after that. And then obviously we'll close it as well. Stock up, Stock down. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hope you tune in. So until next time, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Shoots. Take care, everyone. Enjoy your week. And I am out of here.